there will be no podcast this week. No? No, there will be no podcast this week. Why won't there be a podcast this week? I'm opening up new pork markets. Oh, oh, this again. Pork markets and cheese. uh, Yes, I'm sure you are. And the world has to go on hold while you do that. Oh. 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 In no way related to our nose diving popularity, we will be doing a podcast this week in a complete U-turn to my early decision to not do a podcast. Ah, okay, so you, 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 you're not going to stick with policy decisions you've made then. Entirely unrelated. are very unpopular. No, no, just complete coincidence. Very popular, actually, I think you'll find amongst the, the, me. I'm sure that's right, Liz, I'm sure that's right. Pot market! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. It's the 12-inch remix of that sentence. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch-up about our weeks and the media we've been consuming and such. That's have a little, and me. Have a little chit-chat and, and, and do silly voices and make each other giggle a bit. Yeah, we've had some big gaming news this week. What what big gaming news have we had? They've stolen Mario's butt. They have to stolen put it Mario's in your butt. Book. Yeah, yeah, Mario's. We we saw the first. Uh, but by the time that this goes up, like to the general public, um, the first trailer for the the Illumination Mario movie will be out. But right now, all we've seen is a poster, and Mario's got no ass. No and ass. As the author of things I learned from Mario's butt, the the world's preeminent book of video game character butt reviews. Oh, oh, I have opinions about Mario's butt imagine. being removed. Oh, the uh, shame. This this is non-canon. Because didn't you have got quite a quite a little round bum in Odyssey? I I mean, he's he's usually had quite the plump posterior. Like the the short version of his history. Like, even when like we're talking about the original pixel pixel-based like games. Jumpman. Yeah, he has an ass. And like when when you're doing character design that has so few pixels, it's a deliberate choice to give a character like that an ass. Um, like ground pounding requires an ass uh, to do all the kind of jumping that he's got to do. He's got to have glutes, but like he's a little bit lackadaisical because he's you know big, big prominent protagonist that everyone knows. A little bit of flab there that that just helps with the ground pound, not completely like shattering his tailbone. He needs to have a big ass. It's part of the canon. Give him back his ass. Give him back those thick cheeks. Give him back his thick cheeks. They took away Wario's ass recently. What? Yeah, we yeah, Wario's got a, re- a diminishing ass. What? Right. What? Give, give Wario back the big ass. What is it with these <sighs> aging men and their diminishing asses? Let these men have an ass. Read things I learned from Mario's butt. Anyway, what have you been playing this week? Not a lot. I'll be honest. Um, I played a good chunk of Domekeeper. Yeah, you know this game. This, this is the one that you were you were playing with the with the dome and the the sort of line pointing out of it in various it's directions. The laser, and and then it was a platformer at points. It seemed. Uh, okay. So you crash land on this planet. It seems, or are drop podded down onto this planet, and you you have a little dome. And you move quite slowly, mm. and you are sort of poked into the ground, so you can start doing some drilling. Mm. And basically, the sort of standard base version of the game is you have to go down and look for uh, equipment 
to make you uh, make you easier to defend, and also make your character move faster and drill faster. Mm. It's not really uh, platformy so much as um, you can you've got sort of full uh, three sixty degree uh, movement, mm. and you can float around down in the tunnels and tether uh, minerals to you and bring them back up. And occasionally you will find little artifacts, and some of those artifacts will be uh, give you an option to get one of two things, or just mince the artifact for resources. Mm. And you might get things like uh, a lift that will help you uh, automatically bring resources from down below. You might get things that sort of, uh, like, there's a condenser that automatically produces water. Mm. And periodically you're just having your dome a- attacked by... The uh the alien creatures that live on this planet. Okay. So it's part sort of base defense on the surface and part go on bigger and bigger excursions, gaining more abilities so you can excursion further. Yeah. To do better base defense. Indeed. And eventually you get the the big artifact at the end of it, which you need to power uh usually two or three um like sort of nodes. And once you power those nodes, it will unlock this um, other thing. Big door opens. There's a, a, a random artifact behind it. You bring it up to the base. Mm. You have one big uh, wave at the end, which you can try and survive. But even if you don't look like you're about to survive, the, the relic will basically go off and protect you, mm. saving you from uh, saving you from all the things. Okay. It's... Fine. Yeah. I saw a lot of people like going, oh, it's really, yeah, it's really exciting. And I was like, cool, I'll give it a look and enjoy my first couple of games. The main thing that like caught my attention from the other side of the room is when you're up at the surface level, uh, looking at the dome, the aesthetic kind of reminded me of Into the Breach. Yeah, kind of. Um, with its sort of pixel art style and colour palette. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I... It was nothing mechanically watching that was jumping out at me. It's like, ah, oh, this is particularly catching my attention. Like, the, there, there is definitely a nugget of something there that's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I en- I'm enjoying defending the base. I'm enjoying the exploration. Mm. And, and as you unlock, unlock more stuff, you can get things like um, a more maze-like underground. Mm. So, like, you might not be able to do... It might not be as as big a sort of teardrop shaped space that you're drilling through. It might be a bit more tunnely and weird. Okay. You might find like hard rock that you just can't dig through, so you have to sort of go around and fight find other ends and there might be dead ends and that's sort of more interesting, but I don't know, it just the only thing that lets you do like an unlimited play thing is yeah. um this basic mission type where you're doing a score attack um you can send resources back to your home planet mm. and that might be you send bits of iron which is scary because you use iron for just about everything but that will get you more prestige per round of enemies you form mm. and uh, or you might have uh send water back which again will add more prestige and do, uh, do other stuff as well but that's something you usually need for um like a, a sub feature of of, um upgrades um but the prestige mode is played on brutal difficulty with no difficulty selector you just Mm. have to do it at this setting 
Okay. It's like, I would like to experience that side of things, but I'm not good enough to play it on Brutal. There's, there's no option to just go normal play, but like, don't have an end point, let me go as far as I can. Not really, no. Ah. Which is a shame, because there's things I would like to see. It's like, yeah, but we've tied it to, to, uh, to achievements now, so you can't have that. Ah. I don't know why they couldn't just go, no, we t- you turn off achievement for that bit. It seems like the dev is talking about adding a few some extra features further down the line. Yeah. Like it seems like there is possibility of like a roadmap and that they're not entirely done with this, yeah. but it doesn't it's 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 a great idea. It doesn't quite feel like there's yeah. quite enough there. It's it's a good idea that won't let you play it the way you want to play it. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of the problem. Like I I can play it well enough to um because in relic mode, all you have to do is get to the relic. Yeah. And if you know how, like once you understand how all of the power-ups work, yeah. which, you know, will take, you know, three or four games maybe, you can just start to rush that if you want to, especially yeah. on smaller maps. Um, but that's not necessarily fun. If anything, that makes the the harder version of the game feel less Yeah. Uh, the you know, the more normal version of the game where you are actually doing like strip mining and stuff feel less worth it yeah um it just doesn't feel like there's quite enough substance to this but there is definitely a nugget of a good game and i certainly enjoyed my first five or six run-throughs i've unlocked everything i think i can from from normal play so far Mm -hmm. i don't know what i would need to do there still seems to be uh, extra characters and an extra item to unlock but i haven't worked out how to do that i guess maybe through prestige which i can't I don't really do very well at the moment, and I don't have really the time to go practicing hmm. something that just wants to be difficult for the sake of it and won't let me have a, a difficulty setting. Um, what about you? What have you played? Uh, I've not played a huge amount this week. I did finish playing through Return to Monkey Island, which uh, we talked about in some depth last week. Oh yes. Um, I think that as a point-and-click adventure game, it is uh, is very well written, very amusing, very well paced. Um, casual mode, very much enjoy the puzzles, mm-hmm. definitely avoids a lot of moon logic stuff. I do want to play through this again on the harder puzzle difficulty. Mm-hmm. There is at least one puzzle in the casual difficulty. I'm like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. But yeah, the, the fact that there's only one that, like... Uh, the the one that you had to point out a certain mm. thing to me. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Um but like generally I think it's a very well made uh point and click adventure game that I don't think sticks the landing on clearly delivering the narrative payoff it seems to be trying to. I feel like its ending is really muddled and I think that's not helped by like very mild spoilers. There are multiple endings this game can have, and that's not very well signposted. And if you accidentally commit to some endings, you will have a more satisfying or less satisfying time than others. Yes, you seemed really, really disheartened by the I mean, ending you got if initially. I mean, and you came downstairs and we were like, "We need to have a talk about the Return of Monkey Island." And, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And, and I mean, look, I, and you seem genuinely distressed by it. I, Having seen other endings, I feel like there are other endings that are more satisfying and endings I can pick that I can go, yeah, you sort of do a thing here. My general feeling, like, sat a day or two with the ending, Mm -hmm. is I feel like 
it really leans hard on the fact that there is a running joke that Guybrush is really bad at telling endings to stories, mm. and that is leaned on to not deliver a necessarily satisfying ending to the narrative that is promised in some ways. I feel like there is a deliberate... Anyway, we're not going to bother with that because Guybrush is bad at endings. I feel like that's part of it and that annoys me. It feels like when... Oh, what was the game? Um, Far Cry Blood Dragon like tried to make a joke out of uh, annoying tutorials while inherently having an annoying tutorial. Mm. And I feel like a little bit Return to Monkey Island tries to do this by making a joke out of kind of doing a bit of a rug pull with its ending. But I'm like, pointing out that you're doing it doesn't necessarily make it better. And like, I feel like there were a bunch of really good narrative, like, it doesn't have to give like, the, the, the thing it doesn't touch on, I understand that. But I feel like there were some really good narrative threads to that alternate ending it does seem to be trying to talk about that would have been much more natural ways to tell the story it seems to be trying to tell. It feels like a really jarring and like not well not not well it's a very jarring way to do the thing it's trying to do that I think could have been done in better ways. Mm. And it's not enough for me to not enjoy the game but it the ending is the major caveat I have and I feel yeah I, the I can get an ending of that game that f makes more sense and feels better, but I feel like they really fumbled having a clear vision for how to end that plot. Mm. I don't know if you agree or not, or to what degree, but... I think there is... I think the problem is that I got the ending that, from the sounds of it, was most satisfying. Yep. And I got that first time... Funny. Because of the way I was playing. Even if I had gotten that ending the first time I'd done so, I think I still would have largely felt the same, because I feel like the very sudden jarring thing they do just before that, that has zero context, is just a very... like. I, I feel like there are far less jarring ways you could... It just feels like such an odd choice to me. Mm. But... I very much enjoyed the game still. I had a very good time with it. I just feel kind of... and I kind of want to play it with the um, the wordier version with more of the script left in because I'm really curious if there is additional script work that might make that feel less out of the blue. Yeah. Because in the, the cut of the dialogue that is there, it just feels too jarring to me. Um, otherwise, very enjoyable game. I really liked it. I had a very good time. By it. I had a very good time with all but maybe five minutes of it. And there are far, you know, I I could be far more critical. I've been far more critical of other games. It was a very enjoyable game with one weird caveat. Mm. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, I've been playing a mobile game. You have. Tell I've... me about this mobile game you've been playing a little bit before bed every night. So I had... Uh, and very much during the day as well. I had a weird, desperate need to play Rogue. Actual Rogue. Yeah, which, which, which isn't quite what you've been playing, but no, you've been trying to scratch that itch. I have been trying to scratch that itch. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a game called One Bit Adventure. 
It is a free-to-play mobile game with microtransactions. That it is. I have managed to avoid microtransactions, but I have occasionally watched an advert for some diamonds. <laughs> um, so, it is a so four-directional um, turn-based movement, kind of like Rogue. It's procedurally generated out of uh, specific tile sets. So if you've played this game for a long while, you are going to start to go, hang on, I've been exactly here. Mm. I I know this layout of this configuration of rooms. Occasionally you will find a dungeon. You can pop in a dungeon. The first time round, or my first few runs, I just avoided them. I was like, mm. oh, it's just going to be very hard. I'm not sure I'm ready for those yet. Um, and now it's like, oh, I definitely should have been going in there because that's where I get all the resources for... Um, like going to the blacksmith and upgrading weapons and doing various other bits with it. Um, and there's like daily quests. Mm. So things like kill a bunch of these, open a bunch of doors, open a bunch of chests. Nothing super difficult and you will get premium currency from that. Mm. Premium currency can be used for lots of things. Yeah. Um, the main... Main things I can imagine people actually wanting them for is resurrecting a character. Yeah. So if you die during a run, you can spend some diamonds to resurrect your character right there and then. Yes. And get right back to where you were. Or you could just go back to the title screen, watch an advert, and have it back resurrect for free. Okay. Uh, if you want to unlock extra slots on a weapon, you can spend diamonds. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind you start with 100 diamonds, which is quite a lot, really. Okay. Unless you are like going, I've died six times on this run. I'm going to keep resurrecting. I'm two thousand five hundred steps in. Ah. Um. Hmm. Like, then it's going to get expensive in diamonds. Yeah. So I can see if someone is not very good and not willing to just go, I'm going to restart in a very roguelike kind of way. Yeah. Like the point is occasionally to just die and start again and. In in a roguelike rather than rogue like, yeah. Um, that it that you would die, get a little bit more powerful as a result of starting with the Ooh. weapons you picked up already. Uh, how much has it had that sort of arcade game powered by quarters feel of your progress is being hampered if you're not spending? Not all. No, it okay. has. It's more than anything. It's felt like most of my deaths have been because I wasn't paying quite enough attention to my health. Yeah, which with the ADHD is entirely possible. Um, but like, because as long as I'm only dying once or twice in a run, I can go. Oh, I've got enough diamonds to just resurrect a couple of times a day because I've done the dailies or I've been through some. Like, later dungeons. Yeah. Some of the later dungeons will just have diamonds in chests, so you can just pick them up. And as long as you sort of float around the sort of 50 diamonds um, throughout a day, which is fairly easy to do, mm-hmm. as long as you're not dying, like, super easily. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's there's no reason to go spending any money. Okay. Like, you absolutely could. Mm. Um, I think it's the, like the highest amount you can buy is like forty thousand diamonds, which is like thirty-five pounds. Yeah, which I don't recommend spending on this. Um, you can buy stuff with it, like you could buy tile sets. Mm. Um, if you want different colors, you can buy a seasonal thing. 
I have not really felt any need to do that because it is currently October, so it is already in Halloween mode. <laughs> uh, I so I haven't even seen what the game looks like normally. Um, it's yeah, it's it's scratching an itch, and I haven't paid money for it. So congrats, Ta-da! well done. Um, but if you are someone who is uh, prone to spending money on that sort of thing, do not even start. Yeah, you know what is best for you. Um, And I think as soon as I get bored with this, which I can see happening fairly soon, Mm. because I'm just bored of going, I know this layout. Oh, it's that thing again. Oh, it's that thing again. Um, Mm. I I don't know if I'm going to keep going with it. Um, We'll we'll see. But it it helps temporarily do a thing and I didn't have to pay for it. Woo. Beyond a few adverts. What about you? What have you played? Uh, The only other thing I've really been playing is I've been jumping back a fair bit into The Binding of Isaac Repentance, I think. Yeah, you've had some really good runs recently. Yeah, yeah. So I've just been, I've been craving something a little like pick up. Something a bit roguey. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. Um, So yeah, for anyone who's never played, it is a top-down roguelike in which you pick up items as you go through floors, try and become powerful beat bosses, get to the end of runs. Um... I finally... Uh, so I picked that game up. I had to start again from scratch on Switch because at some point I lost access yeah. to a Switch account that I had like a couple of North American versions of games on and couldn't get my save back. So I, when I picked up Repentance, I just had to start from scratch. And I finally put enough time in to get through all like the base content again and finally start seeing some of the Repentance-specific stuff that mm-hmm. I'd been excited to check out like a year ago when I picked that game up yeah. um, so I've started finding a bunch of like new types of floors that I hadn't seen before um, yeah you've got like sewer holes to drop down into with yeah so like the, the, the stuff I've been playing around with for anyone that's familiar with the game at the end of the first uh, first floor after I beat the first boss um, there will be a, a locked door in the boss room that will need a key and if you've got a key for that you can drop down into some sewers and then a couple of floors later, there'll be a boss room with a explosive uh, a door you've got to use explosives to get through. And that if you go through that, you'll get into a sort of fiery, smoky, burning ash area. And there's unique bosses down through there. And those have been fun to fight. There have been some really neat uh, challenges to come across. I stopped doing the thing that has been the only thing I did for ages, which is just playing on greed mode over and over. And have actually, I've been playing it on hard and like trying to do proper progression because i've got like this sort of mosaic thing on my my uh, character select screen that's seems to be implying beat the boss of this route x number of times to fill in these spaces and defeat the boss of this route this many times and that'll fill in a a picture and that'll probably unlock some shit okay so i've been having fun i've had some really good fun overpowered builds recently um I had one of my favorite combos that I don't get it very often, but it's fucking great when I get it, which is um, the uh, I think it's the Pyromaniac. That means that explosions cause you to regain health. Um, and I paired that with um, the Ipecac, which causes your tears or in my case, because I like playing as uh, Azazel, my sort of laser barrage to explode on contact with things. Uh, and the laser's got really short range anyway. Um, so I would just run up and very very close range blow stuff up with my laser, causing an explosion, which would hit me because I was so close and I would regain health. And I was just 
it was impossible for me to not gain health because like oh I'm low on health I'll just run at a wall and laser the wall and gain all my health back uh and then I paired that with like laser arcing that came off of my 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 shots mm. and uh all all sorts of fun stuff oh, I love that game it it's it's so satisfying when you get one of those builds where everything will just absolutely melt in one shot uh I recently discovered that the short range Mega Tears is great to get with Azazel's small laser because the short range uh, sets it to a specific short range, which is about the range that your laser is anyway. So the, the penalty of picking up the short range Mega Tears basically doesn't exist, but you still get the massive damage boost. Um, so short range Mega Tears at the start of a run with Azazel, literally one hit killing bosses uh, from the start of the game. It's fucking great. Yeah. I like the Binding of Isaac. There is so much video game in that video game. There is an unreasonable another... amount of video game. We need to have another crack at that. I periodically go in, play it for a couple of weeks, and then just put it down for a while. If you Which ever... is probably the safest way yeah. to play. Honestly, yeah. If you ever want any any tips, let me know. I can I can tell you. Oh, I know what that does and what yeah. that'll do. Ooh, darling, show us your tips. Yay! <laughs> Uh, you played anything else this week? Uh, not really. It's not been a play-heavy week. No, not really. I think that's everything I've played, too. Well, then. <gasps> Time for this. Alright, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our press conference, everyone. Um, uh, we, we here at the Cartoon Sexuality Board uh, are very aware that many of you have questions following the announcement that Velma from Scooby-Doo, uh, much to long-term suspicion, is a lesbian. Uh, so we here, again, at the Cartoon Sexuality Board, would like to announce more characters as canonically uh, canonically queer that you probably already kind of assumed. Bert and Ernie. They're not just roommates. We're confirming it here and now. They do smooches. They like each other very much. Uh, Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants. No heterosexual man has ever played the clarinet that, that classily. Squidward is, is gay. Timon and Pumbaa. They, they weren't just two coincidental animals raising a child together. They were husbands. This was adoption for them. This was the only way they were going to have a child. Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. They may scare children. They don't scare each other. They smooch each other. And lastly, the clock and the candlestick from Beauty and the Beast. When you're made of wood, oh, you can get up to all sorts of things. Starting a fire? Uh, they were very careful not to. They used protection. <laughs> this has been a press conference from the Cartoon Sexuality uh, Board. Look forward to finding out which cartoon characters you all sort of assumed were gay, are canonically gay. Probably next week we'll have some more. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. I, I need to know. I need to know. What is in your pants? I'm a unicorn. I don't wear pants. I, I still need to know. I've, I've, look, look. There was a, there was an alien revealed for a library somewhere, and it was genderless. And I'm freaking the fuck out. And I need to confirm. What genitals do you have? Magical. I, no, I need one or the other. There's only two choices. What ones do you have? I don't have Magical any. Be- they wasn't illustrated that way. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> you. Yes, hello. You, what what genitals? Um, uh, what's a genital? There's two of them. You've got to have one. I need to know. I need to understand. 
Are the, are the trans is the reason? Oh, Why? Uh, I, uh, in my pants, you see? Y- yes. Uh, I got these nuts. I mean, that almost answers my question. You have nuts. You have nuts. Okay. Yes, hazelnuts. Oh, oh, just, why? Why? Why will none of the fantasy creatures have genitals that I can know about? Fine. One more try. One more try. You. Hello. What genitals do you have? I must know. I have tea and crumpets. It, what? Would you care for some tea and no, crumpets? No, I, I need to know what genitals you have to know whether the trans is a... Tranced, more fictional oh, creatures. Oh, well, there's that fellow over there with the bowler hat and the umbrella. That's a gentleman. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, no, I need fantasy, fantasy creature genitals are apparently important to me. Why won't they Miss, tell me what genitals the alien has? Mr. Ben, I think this, this woman wants to know no. about you, the gentleman. No, no, no. I just want to know what the alien's got in its trousers. Well, I am a 500,000-year-old space-traveling story-reading alien. And your genitals are... I don't have any. I don't need them. Why won't the transes let them have genitals? I am weirdly obsessed about this. Maybe you should read a nice book. (laughs) What a weirdo. What have you put in your eyes? Largely, we've been watching stuff together this week. Yeah, we've we, been a watch together kind of week because we, we we had a Sunday of we had a sli- lying on the couch just yeah. My bits, my hurty hurty bits. We had a sleepy Sunday and we watched some films together. So should yeah. we should we start? Should we do the order we watched them in? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so we rewatched Detective Pikachu yes. for the first time in a while. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Detective Pikachu on a rewatch? It's still good. London has never looked so interesting. It is a well-paced, harmless, fun family family time. There yeah. is very little to, to to dislike in it. It's it's very cute Bulbasaurs. Very cute Bulbasaurs. A terrifying Ditto face. I think that the 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 humor is pretty on point. Yeah. I feel like it does a very good job of not feeling beholden to the source material, but still feeling faithful. It's 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 neat. I mean, you would be able to know about that better than I. But um, I yeah. mean, like it's it it's definitely not like what it's certainly not one for one trying to be the detective Pikachu game or anything. Mm. But like, I think it does a good job of feeling like a story that could exist within the world of Pokemon as a larger franchise, while being its own thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's sweet. It it it's it's a little cheesy and tacky in places, but it's it's cheese charming. Is good. I enjoy cheese. Exactly. I I had a good time watching it. I enjoyed Justice Smith's performance, and yep. I hope to see more more from from. Yeah, and again, like mild spoilers. Like my biggest complaint, as it was when the film originally came out, is um, uh, doing disability equals villain is a bit. Yeah. yeah, disability equals villain, and um, like it's it's low hanging fruit, and curing the disabled. I mean, yeah, it's it's disabled equals villain, and the the one thing the disabled person wants more than anything in the world is is to to be not disabled, and they'll do evil things to get it, and it's <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but then we watched absolutely fantastic film. We watched Tank Girl. We finally got around to watching Tank Girl. Yeah, 
uh, a film that I I do not remember watching start to finish at any point. If I have, I remember very little of it. Um, uh, 1995's Tank Girl. That is a fantastic film. It really is. It re- if, if any of you have never watched it, it holds up incredibly well for a very ni- for a very stylistic 90s, like unapologetically mid 90s film. It holds up real well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want? Uh, what, 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 how would you describe this film? Uh, is a Mad Max, but more over the top. Yeah, it's it it post-apocalyptic feels... world. There's no yeah. water. What little water there is is controlled by uh, a, a horrible utility company called the Water and Power, and run by Malcolm McDowell, who is just <laughs> the most amazing villain. It. It feels tonally, if we're looking at like modern contemporaries, uh, sort of a midpoint between something like Mad Max and like the Na 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 music video. It's <laughs> it's it's Mad Max if it had more of that like silly, over the top, dramatic co- uh, comic cool book. Outfits. Yeah, um, it is it is unapologetically uh, comic bookish, but it it in, it incorporates its sort of comic book nature very well for a live action film mm-hmm. um, in that it uses. Uh, rare animated, like brief animated segments, but usually like comic book illustrated segments to paint a picture of scenes that would be hard to paint. Um, with that budget, yeah, with that budget <laughs> in live action, yeah. Uh, but it uses enough of them and in quick enough succession that it feels like a deliberate stylistic choice, rather than being an obvious way to get around budgetary constraints. Mm. Um. And I th- feel like the acting in the live action segments is over the top enough that it keeps that energy between the sort of comic book cartoon visual moments. I think Laurie Petty is an amazing tank girl. Uh, Naomi Watts is an interesting jet girl. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, watching maybe it, not as over the top as yeah. the one in the comic books, but still. Uh, watching it with you, I very much agree that like I, I feel like uh, Margot Robbie, if there was to be a modern tank girl, I, I think could do, do the trick. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I'd heard that that was a thing that might happen. It's a thing that Margaret like, Robbie's pushing for. And then um, we watched Birds of Prey together and I was like, you know what, I think she could actually pull it off. Yeah, there, there, were, there was a moment of singing in, the, in this where Laurie Petty hits a note and I'm like, oh, you sounded so Margaret Robbie there. And like, well, the, Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, I very much enjoy it. I think that like, that film makes a lot of like very ahead of its time editing and pacing choices that feel current today in a way that is very rare for a film of that era that is that dramatic about its artistic choices. Yeah. Um, Ice-T is a kangaroo. Ice-T is a kangaroo. That is a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, the soundtrack. Soundtrack's the, great. The soundtrack is not at all what you would expect out of it. It's, it's all grungy, so appropriately nineties. I, I, I suppose it's it's not as like upbeat or like a high tempo punk or like the sort of things you might expect out of something so comic booky. It is very Gen X malaise grunge. Yeah, but it works. It's it's yeah. a really neat film. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was fun to watch it again. It's nice to watch a film that's from the 90s and from my youth that isn't transphobic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to not have to wince at a film like that. And Jet Girl's final line of that film is still just fantastic. Oh, yeah. How many, times, 
have to tell you. <laughs> um. Uh, then. Ah, uh, then we watched. Uh, we watched Nightbreed. Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Yeah. Yeah, Nightbreed. Um, I don't know how to explain what I saw there. It's definitely about monsters. It's definitely about monsters. It's it's definitely about monsters. And yeah, not about being a, a a gay man in America, in in the in the eighties. Yeah, definitely not. There is a man and he's having nightmares about a place called Midian that's full of monsters. Yeah, but it's not like scary monsters. They're just unusual creatures that live underground in a place yeah. of their own and it's called Midian and he goes to his therapist and his therapist is a serial killer who is um, dosing him up with hallucinogenics and telling him it's antipsychotic, telling him it's lithium and yeah. then um, then going around and killing people and then when he's finished killing people convincing Boone that he did it yeah um which is a whole thing and then it becomes a film of I'm I'm I've died, but I've been brought back to life as a monster in the monster community. And also, there's a, pro- a prophecy about me. There's also a prophecy, but we uh, we keep that quiet until like the last five seconds of the fucking film. And then the cops want to just come and destroy all of the people living underground. Yeah. And yeah. it turns out that the first Midian Pride was a protest because because <laughs> <laughs> that shit gets I... pretty wild at the end. Though. <laughs> I'm 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 going to be honest a lot of things happened in that film <laughs> and then the film was over and then I just kind of was like mm, mm-hmm. uh-huh, that happened sure watch that film I, I, I still don't know how emotionally process. I think what you said directly after watching it was well that certainly was a sequence of events I just watched yeah I don't know how to pro. I, look it's been a few days I still don't know how to process the series of events that did that they did occur the events did occur. Well, it's definitely about monsters. It's definitely about monsters. Um, just about monsters, and it's it's got no parallels to the, to the gay community, <laughs> and they're definitely not being driven out by arsy cops, uh, and and yeah. so forth, and it, that there isn't like it, weird it, things about religion and Christian persecution. Yeah. It, it it is an interesting film with like I would warn up front. Its early pacing is a little all over the place. It. Do you know when this film was released? Uh, eighty-seven, I think. Yeah, it's it's got a very eighties initial pacing to it that can feel a little slow and a little slow to establish what it's going for in a way that like hasn't aged terribly well. Yeah, you do have like a, a little bit at the beginning of it's trying to do. Setting the 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 level of slice of life mediocrity yeah, at the beginning, but it's, and it just is kind of a bit weird. It's like, just kind of sitting around not doing anything, and then dumping some exposition, and then sitting around not really doing anything, and then dump some exposition. Yeah. So we have uh, Boone has his nightmare about Midian. Uh, his girlfriend Laurie, I think it is, maybe wakes him up, and. They, um, he talks about that he's going to go and see her at the club later, or or she suggests meeting at the club later. It turns out that she's a singer at a club. He doesn't turn up there. Uh, he goes to see his therapist, who miraculously calls at a time when his girlfriend's like, "Hey, you should speak to your therapist about these fucking nightmares," you know. Um, and then we get a scene where he goes to his therapist, and his therapist decides to show him all these. 
Crime scene photographs of horribly murdered people. Yeah. Um, and just being like, yep, you murdered 15 people. You're a sick fuck. And I didn't tell the police where to find you. But, you know, oh, it's... Oh, I'm doing some favours for you here, Boone. Now you better tell me how to get to Midian. It's... And the ultimate <laughs> thing is... He's been a therapist for um, supposedly dangerous people for a long time. Um, eventually, it just sort of did something to his brain. And he was like, oh, the, we need eugenics. We need a lot of eugenics. And, and people with mental health problems keep talking about this place called Midian. It seems to be a recurring thing amongst people who are a bit on the edges of society that they get visitations of this place in dreams, sort of calling them towards it, a place where they can go and be themselves and not be persecuted. Well, I need to wipe that out because that's filth begetting filth begetting filth and I must destroy them all. And that's why I'm a serial killer. That sure is a series of events that occurs. Yeah, it's um, it's an odd concept. Um, but I, I think it was one of the first films where I understood that the point of the film was Sometimes the humans are the real monsters. And I realise obviously that is just a massive trope, but yeah. I think that was the first piece of media I experienced where that was openly the it, case. It definitely feels like a piece of media that would have had a different, like I would have had a different response to if I had seen it a few decades ago compared to seeing it today. Mm. I think that... It's one of those, like, aha, it was doing something that was probably quite forward-thinking for its time that has less of an impact because I'm seeing it so much later. Yeah, Which maybe. is, you know, sometimes that's how things are. Maybe, I mean, I don't think it helps that the... I don't think the version we watched was the, the uh, director's cut, which uh, he has been trying to get um, released. I don't know if it's actually come out or not yet. It keeps being talked about hmm. as being a, hey... There is a lot of footage that was cut out of that film and it fucks with the pacing a little bit. So trying to get that done. And I think there was talk about a Blu-ray. I don't know if that happened or not. It's got Doug Bradley in it. Yeah. Um, as, as as Dirk with the, the slits on his cheeks that are constantly bleeding. Yep. Um, more on that later in the film. Um, <laughs> yeah, it... I thought it was a really interesting film. Um, I agree that visually it hasn't aged super well. I love the monster design for it. I, I think David Cronenberg plays uh, uh, just a deeply concerning psychologist. Yeah. I'm not sure the guy who played Boone really pulled it as, it as is well an, as he could. It is a film of inconsistent performances. <laughs> yeah. Um... Loved all the character design, though. Loved the concept of um, the the people of Midian and the uh, like, the way they live their lives and why they live their lives separate from humans and why that why they are so concerned about humans generally yeah. uh, and and separate from that and their their god and and so forth. And it's an interesting world. I kind of hope that at some point someone decides to give it a better movie. Yeah, maybe. As long as they don't skimp on the character design, because the character <laughs> design's very important in that film. Yeah. Um, have you watched anything else? I think that's it for me, really. Well then, time <gasps> for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. 
Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a box that is currently spilling out full of cables? Yep, the box where, like, every cable that I don't need right now but might need someday kind of lives in there. Yeah, and, you know, I considered maybe paring it down a little bit, but then I read recently on Twitter that someone had decided to get rid of their box full of cables and within a week needed a cable and now been completely unable to find one of those particular types of cables. Right, it's, look, you think I never use these, I'm never going to need these, until that one day that it's 11pm, like 11 in the evening and you're digging through it desperately going, I just need a mini HDMI to HDMI, not a micro HDMI to HDMI, those, those you can go buy, I need a mini, the sort of out of date one, they don't really sell anymore unless you want to wait like weeks for it to arrive from China. Maybe there's one in the box. I hope. I'm gonna dig. I don't know. I need coax. Yeah, yeah. I need. I need an adapter to go from 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 DisplayPort to HDMI. I need a PS2 to USB adapter. Yeah. I need like that that half of the old um Xbox um USB cables that sometimes came apart in the middle. And had that weird sort of L-shaped like circular connector, and like, I have half of it, but I need I need another half. I need a GameCube multi-tap. Right. Oh, if only there were a better way than having an ill-inventoried box of chaos. This week's sponsor is the cable. The cable. One multi-ended cable that has ends for every single outdated standard of device connector you could possibly need, produced prior to today. Okay, so it's just, it's got one of every end on it. One of every end, in every voltage. Okay, okay, that's that's good, that's that's good. And it comes in this convenient box. Oh, nice. It is slightly overflowing out the box. It is, yeah. You know how it is when you get a new item and you, like, take it out to have a look at it, and then you try yeah. to put it back in the box and it doesn't quite go back in I there. mean, I feel like it's going to take up about as much space as the current box of chaos we have. Weirdly, it seems to take up slightly more. Yeah, I, look, there were a few cable types that we somehow didn't have in the Chaos Box yeah, before. We've and, almost certainly got them now. And yeah, we definitely have them now. The problem now is going to be, wh- where on this is the end I need? Well, this here is definitely a scar end, and this appears to be a serial connector. Oh, oh God, we, we barely got this thing out of the box. It's already... Tangled beyond all recognition. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep. But now, instead of needing to search for that one obscure cable, we we definitely have it amongst this... Somewhere within this weird pom-pom of cable ends. (laughs) And a very twisty middle bit that seems to be constricting even further. Oh, oh God, it's got me! The cable's gonna... Oh, no! Oh, no! You're gonna be part of the cable! Oh, Oh, no! Jane is not in it, we need all the cable! Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we're we're, we're getting some flack again. Again? I know, it seems like we can't go a week without getting something. Someone someone complaining about something we've done. Okay, well, can we set the fans on them? Because I'm tired of this. Well, this time it is the fans that are that are angry at us, and I, I don't... Uh, look, well, maybe we can do it. We've just got to work out the messaging. So here's the thing. Right. 
you know, we had that small team that we we uh, we commissioned to make that uh, that that game with all the all the talking and the uh, sort of the very critically uh, well received uh, RPG thing. Yeah, I didn't like that one. So many words, but it I, did I, make a lot of money. It did make a lot of money, and people seemed to love it. And but like, yeah, I agree with you. Too many words. It's why I didn't read it all. Yeah, apparently, it was about uh, the evils of capitalism. Huh. which is, you know. A thing I wouldn't have greenlit had I read far enough to yeah, know Yeah, I mean, that, we don't but... want people thinking those thoughts. No, no. So, like, look, that would be bad enough, but here's where it gets worse. Right. Remember that team of people we let go recently because we wanted, <laughs> we wanted to keep their IP, but we didn't want to pay them for the IP? Yeah. We wanted to just yeah, yeah, have yeah, their yeah. property, but not have them involved, yeah, the people absolutely. that made the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, Yeah, money. yeah. Well, that team was the team that made the the uh, anti-capitalist game and people have put two and two together and gone, you fired a bunch of creative types to make money who made a thing about the evils of capitalism. Yeah, they should have seen it coming. I know. See, this is how I'm thinking we spin this. I, I, I think we spin this as like, you know, we were meant to be working on a sequel. I, 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 yeah, yeah, we were meant to be working on sequels. Here's here's how I spin this. I, I figured it was just another one of those things we announced, but had no plans of. Well, doing. see, it might still be that. But here's here's what I spin. Here's what I reckon. Right. Um, hey, the true sequel to that game is a real life ARG. Right. We fired the creative team to bring the themes of the game into real life. This is this is the sequel. Right. We're uh, we're demonstrating the themes of the game in real life and it parallels narrative parallels. Right. This is the sequel. It's right, genius. Right, right. We're so smart. No one's ever thought to fire a bunch of game developers as a sequel to a game. Not the it way is we pushing, do it. Exactly. It's pushing the art form forward. Yeah, we're very artistic. We're very artistic. It's very artistic to fire the people who made a game about anti-capitalism. Yeah, I am an artiste, and that is why I fire people. Exactly. I, I reckon I reckon if we say this confidently enough, people will buy in. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, huh, what have you put in your ears? Uh, well, we, we went out. We went out. Listened to some music in a live setting. We did. We did. It's been uh, a while. Yeah, uh, should we should we talk about some of the live live um... some of the live live? Yeah, uh, should we start with Slow Mojo? We start with Slow Mojo, a, a band that were not in fact slow. Yeah, uh, the the room they were playing in had featured far slower acts all night. Slow Mojo were the upbeat start. They really were. They, they picked up a bit. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe Slow Mojo? Um. Oh gosh. Uh. Upbeat. No. No, I can't. Um. Not not quite scar. There um, was there was definitely like a lot of the same instrument makeup. Yes, like they of, had a brass uh, section. Yeah, it it was Scar without the knees up to it. It it had like the sound and the tone of Scar, but without the sort of up and down playful jumping necessarily. Yeah, um, but some of the same sort of like drumming pace and rhythm. Yeah, and tone. It was, it it felt like. Scar on a day where it didn't quite have a hundred and ten percent enthusiasm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it perhaps wasn't as pasty, and I, I kind of missed that. But um, yeah, they, they they were certainly one of the highlights of the night, um, music-wise. They were they were good to listen. Definitely to. worth checking out. I want to give them some more time. There was a little bit of me throughout that was just like, 
You're so close. Just a little on, ease up. Just up. a little bit. Pick, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. If you picked it up a little bit, I'd be very, I'd be really digging this. Yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, John Bongley. Yeah, we've talked about John Bongley on the show before. Uh, and another excellent selection of uh, uh well, we had some like some uh electro funk, some glitch hoppy stuff, probably some twisted disco I'd say. There was it was a really nice set, very danceable. Um, by that time, a few people had filtered out to go to other rooms, so we we got a slightly cooler room to do some dancing in, and that was yeah. that was fun. We the opening act of the night that we saw was uh HK or HK I guess AKA the Cat Burglar, mm, um, yes. who played that really nice um glitch slash electro set. Which I was having a really good time to. The problem was he'd been on stage about the half an hour <laughs> before the club even opened or, or was letting people in. Yes. So we got a very small amount of that that set. Yeah, poor guy had been playing yeah. to an empty room. It was a very enjoyable set. Yeah. Uh that was unfortunately followed up by a set where the bass was turned up just painfully loud. Oh, it was so it was so loud that I could feel my attenuating ear drum ear, earbuds vibrating in my ears. And it was a real and shame because like, I was digging like the the, the energy and the vibe. It yeah. was just it reminded me of that other night out we went to once where the main room was just shaking with bass. Uh yeah, that 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 oh, that, that one. That, yes. wa- that one. Yes, that one at Scala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it had that vibe and it's clear that they turned the bass up too loud because at one point in the night it, they blew a speaker. They blew a speaker which was a whole thing. <laughs> they were in there. They had some really good music on and all of a sudden it was just like, "Ooh. Oh, oh that's not good." They had a really nice remix of um what's that that Shock 1 track? Follow, oh, follow, follow me. me. If they yeah. were in the middle of playing yeah. that. When we, the we were like went. really fucking losing it to a to a nice remix of Follow Me and then suddenly the speaker blew and it's like oh no I want to be here singing my heart out to Follow Me I want to be here but this hurts to listen to and I imagine that's going to be quite expensive yeah uh yeah yeah Uh, that was unfortunate uh and you've got one more down on here which I think was from that night as well Drew Lynch Drew Lynch uh yeah same room um later on they'd obviously managed to like rebalance the speakers i i Um, think i know who this is uh this is the one that we've seen at a different event yeah um, and it was uh, a lot of hard techno very hard drum and bass yeah uh it was um (laughs) and it was funny because i was sitting there like this is really very heavy drum and bass and somebody just nudged me and went yeah me and my friend are always saying it's really hard to find proper drum and bass like this i'm like like I think of German bass as being way more chill than this, but I'm not denying this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Drew did another excellent set. It was good to see. Um, so yeah, it was a lovely night. We listened to an awful lot of music from across the speed spectrum. Yeah, it was a, it was a, an evening of chaotic jumping between te- uh, tempos. It was much aggier than 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 previous events have been, but um. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, see. We, we, we spent most of the night in the most chill room in the entire building. <laughs> it's like you know what we we had three hours on a bus to get here. Yeah, because yeah. there was a train strike, and we support the strikers. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it did require us to take some very lengthy buses, and it was a it was a long journey to start the night, but we so did it. Buses. We 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 didn't cross the the line. We, no. we respected the strike. Oh yeah, we were good and well behaved. Oh yeah. 
Oh. And then we went dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's everything I've listened to this week. Um, I've listened to a bit more Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. I've l- listened to the um, the live show about the doors, Ooh, which yes. I don't think was on the feed last time I was listening to Welcome to Night Vale through. Mm. So uh, that was interesting to hear some of the live stuff, which I'd never heard before. Gosh, that crowd really wanted to whoop and cheer at every little thing. Well, I think it was the first live show that they'd done for Night Vale, and I think there was a lot of excitement of the thing that I'm very excited about. It's real and right there. <laughs> and, like, I get that. I would kind of like to see some, like, uh, stills from that show, because, like, Hiram McDaniels is in it. I'm like, is it just the actor with a microphone with with their puppets involved? I'm I'm trying to remember from the live show I went to whether there was any... Uh, any outfittery. Right. I, I honestly don't remember. I, I had a great time and I have no visual memory. Yes, because I've, I've seen people at um, like Comic-Cons and stuff dress in outfits that I've seen Cecil wearing yeah. for live shows. Because I've seen like stills of Cecil. I, I did a, I did a femme Cecil from Night Vale cosplay once. Yeah. Cecil Palmer. I did a Cecil Baldwin. I'd I'd like to do that cosplay again at some point. That was a really fun one to do. Did you do the purple eye? Uh yes. I know that's quite a popular one to yes. do. Yes. I, I did many purple eyes across myself. I'm curious now, like, how many people will get confused between is that Cecil or Jonathan from the Magnus Archives? <laughs> I mean, either e- either one I won't <laughs> complain at being uh, recognized as. Either one. Both. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah. Um, really enjoyed that that live show. We had some um some bits from the faces of a woman who lives in your house, secretly <laughs> lives in your house. Uh, who is uh ah uh, Mara Wilson? Mara Wilson, that was it. Mara Wilson's great in in Night Vale. Yeah, it's very good performance stuff. Yeah, I also don't think I've seen her in anything since Matilda. So. Yeah, nice she, to know. Still doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's she's talked a lot about a a a, a lot about um exploitation of child actors uh, in the movie industry and why is one film and out. Yeah, um, understandable. Yeah, very interesting Twitter follow. Yes, um, yeah. I, um, I am a Twitter follower and I am in enjoy the enjoy her feeds and yeah. words do. I think that's most of it, really. Yeah. I've been listening to more generative synthesis, but more tutorials on it rather than uh, sets. So, um, yeah, no, I think that's pretty much everything. Well then, time for this. So things aren't going terribly well. No, no, things have been rather... Um, uh, not not gone terribly to plan since the handover of power, have they? You, you mean the tome? Well... <laughs> I mean, look, I didn't explicitly mean the tome, you know, since since New Person came into power. I mean, look, I do suspect it's at least partially the tome. I mean, ever since she stole it from the Queen during that visit to... You know, that, that, that visit that the Queen conveniently died right after. Almost immediately the tome was removed from it's, the property. It's, it's, it's almost like it was the only thing keeping her going. Maybe. And now we have the tome and everything's gone rather, um, rather tits up. It has got rather tits up. I'm wondering if we shouldn't start maybe reading the tome, you know, like the whispering runes keep saying we should. Look, look, things are going very badly. I'm, I don't know if this is like a lost situation where like we have to put the, we have to do the thing that we're told and then think all things will get bad. 
or if things are going to get infinitely worse if we read, the, read from the tome. Do we trust the whispering voices? I mean, they do say that we should read the tome and then we'll I mean, live that, forever. Yeah, I mean, that 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 is what the tome would say if it wanted you to read it for good or for evil purposes. I mean, we can't just assume that it's bad. It's not a migrant or something. Well, I mean, I mean, I... Uh, Look, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? The queen seemed to, to seem to seem to have it and seemed to be fine. Yeah, she had it probably for a very long time, possibly Indeed, thousands until, of years. Until she didn't have it and suddenly was gone. Okay, well, let's get the robes, the candles, the blood sacrifice, and maybe have a little read of this book walk. Yes, very much so. Well, the children have been out trick-or-treating again. Indeed. We should, probably, we should probably make sure we have a look through what they brought in, though, well, before, yes, before we you let know, them you, have you it. Well, yes, you know, you hear stories, don't you? You hear, you hear stories, stories, you hear stories of people yes, bringing yes. home the things. I, I heard look. about some children bringing home a CD player. Oh, goodness. Yes, a package of peanut brittle. Full CD player. What on earth are they going to do know. with that? Well, what are they going to do with that? Let's have a look. Before we let the kids have it, let's just make sure it's all safe. Um, okay. Okay, we've got um a hundred percent real fruit. Oh, oh! This eclair's got an adorable kitten in it. Uh, this uh, it's in a Mars bar wrapper, but this appears to just be a block of dopamine. Oh goodness, goodness! Oh, uh, this Laffy Taffy has a winning lottery ticket that's six months out of date, so we can't even claim it. Oh, what is that? Uh, this hmm. This this tube of Smarties, upon closer inspection, is just the concept of ennui. Oh, there's little pellets of it. I'm not sure how to feel about that. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, we've got some uh, Maltesers, I think. Park life. Oh, that's that's where, that's where the that's where the park life was. Certainly didn't expect to find that in there. No. Uh, okay, uh, we've got this sort of uh, big selection box here, but it's sort of... Is that a Brazil weird. nut? No! Not Brazil? No, it's not a Brazil nut. It's an entire miniature civilization. Oh, what in the goodness of... Well, is that one a toffee? Nope, that's no. that's a secret way into an Arby's. Oh, oh goodness. This is this is just a handful of lint. It was... I mean, it was beautifully packaged, but that definitely I, is I mean, lint, isn't it? I mean, it had a ribbon around it, but it is just lint. Yes, this one, I thought this was almonds, but it appears to be a bag of gravel. Could have had their teeth out on that, you know, and that's very expensive. At first glance, I thought this one was just some candy floss, but it appears to just be some neon pink hair clippings. Oh, I think that might be mine. Oh, how'd that get in there? I have no idea. I don't know if someone's selling it or what. Now, let's see, this, uh... This sherbet dib-dab, I'll just have a check in there. I mean, because I'm shaking it around, I'm hearing a lot of sloshing, which you wouldn't really expect no. with a bag of, sh- of sherbet. No, no. Mm, oh, oh, oh. It's a, it's a koi pond. Oh. There's a koi pond in here. Oh, goodness. Look at them go. Oh, it's not, not, not quite what's meant to be in there. Wishing um, I hadn't shaken that around quite so much now. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Ah, oh, that'll be three members of a barbershop quartet in that Only one. Three. Yeah, so at least at least they like do You're not supposed to I break guess. up the multi packs. I know, I know, but uh, uh, well, caught me off guard. Oh, last last one, last one. What's, okay, uh, you, what's you give this one a look? What's in there? Oh, this is. I think there's an almond delight. Oh, I love these. Oh, oh. What? Well, if I had to put a name to it, dear, I'd say this is 
the last shred of Tory integrity. Well, didn't didn't think it was it. I mean, they don't have it. I, I, I mean, they have clearly it. didn't have it. Here in an in an arm joy, but they really, really haven't taken very good care of it, have they? Yeah, well, no. Well, no, make, no. certainly make sure the children don't end up with that one. Oh no, 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 I'm turning that way. Oh, disgusting. Do you know what I want to see more? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How you doing? Well, I'm a bit sleepy, mate. You know, uh, busy weekend, still kind of recovering from yeah, it. Yeah, you know? same, same. Long, long, long one, Tuesday, not, though, not, that's not the one I always say to worry to about. Her, yeah. yeah. You, you been up to much? Oh, uh, you know, I've been, I've been having some interesting conversations this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I've been having some conversations with some people about... Uh, Mental health diagnoses and oh know, yeah, you well, know you, you, that old one uh, about you know not feeling like you belong or claiming you can say you're, you're one thing or another because you're not diagnosed or whatever. Yeah, well, like you know, we've we've talked I think before about like you know the fact that like you know diagnosis is a privilege that oh, you know yeah. is uh, is certainly gatekept and some people who want to achieve diagnosis cannot get that because of you know about uh, various barriers. But this is what I was talking about this yeah. week. This week I was I was chatting to some people about. Uh, but people who who know that they fit the diagnostic criteria for mental health conditions, but do not go and seek formal diagnoses, no. and about making sure that they have space to exist within uh, communities, you know, of of disabled people, and yeah. very specifically, I was having conversations with people for whom. Uh, Mental health diagnosis may not be uh, safe for them, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I know there was a lot of people I know that sort of felt this way uh, during during COVID when there were stories of uh, people with autism diagnoses getting given do not resuscitates without, uh, you know, without their consent. Yeah. But sometimes it's you know as simple as things like family members who may not be supportive or who may be actively dangerous if uh, a mental health label is applied to you uh you know maybe you know you work in a hostile workplace where you are liable to be discriminated against should a label exist you know officially and for some people you know diagnosis is not a safe thing to do absolutely like i know i know uh, a lovely couple both autistic one of them diagnosed the other one not and they they the 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 reason i've been told why the other one hasn't been diagnosed is that they've uh, basically concerned that in the event of some kind of emergency that they wouldn't be able to uh, advocate for each other and uh, yeah. you know that absolutely is necessary you know indeed indeed and you know it's it, it, the thing that's really important is that like if you were a member of one of those, you know, disabled communities yeah. and, you know, someone explains to you, you know, I, I, I fit the diagnostic criteria, but for my own reasons, I have not pursued, uh, you know, uh, formal diagnosis. It is important to still make space for them within communities of support, understanding, um, you know, making uh, access to support needs and uh, accommodations available. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, they, what, what yeah. harm are they doing by, you know, make, making the space more inclusive? Exactly. Like, get, gatekeeping who or, who cannot, can or cannot, you know, get access to uh, support services based on on uh, the formal diagnostic status we've already you know we know that that you know negatively impacts uh intersectional minority groups but it also impacts people who aren't from safe backgrounds and it's it's yet another reason it's really important to you know reiterate that self self id is valid absolutely mate absolutely yeah. i mean it's yeah it's it's weird how people get about you know, well, I I had to get a diagnosis, so you know, I I'm more valid than you, and I I just think that's a really weird 
way of looking at things, you know. Indeed. Gatekeeping generally just confuses, baffles the hell out of me, mate. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, you fancy a hug? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Right, I think I'm gonna go and uh, put the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, what would you like to say at the end of the show? Uh well, I I I got a bunch of stuff on the internet you can go check out. It's at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Every Friday, I upload episodes of Access Ability uh, over on YouTube.com/slash Laura K Buzz. Go check that out. If you want to support the work I do, a dollar a month or or more if you want to do, and you can do so, but like as little as a dollar a month over on patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. Keeps the lights on, keeps keeps me doing all the things mm. at what I do. Keeps the lights on. Um, I wrote an article this past week about um, Trombone Champ and the joy of confidently playing instruments badly. Mm-hmm. Um, you go check that out. Uh, just Laura K Buzz, go check out all the things. We did a book together. Do you want we to did. tell people about that book? It's called Who Hunts the Whale? And it's a silly and serious and satirical look at what it's like to work in the video game industry. And it has some hilarious references, sort of, to things. And maybe it has a very relatable horse. Who can say? Uh, it's yeah. it's available from unbound.com slash book slash whale. And it is about... If you've been listening to this show for a while, it is about the, the antics of Supremacy Software... And everything they get up to. And maybe their uppance will come. Who can say? Maybe not. Um, and that, I think, is everything I can be found at linkter.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week, constant exhaustion and burnout. Help me get back up to, to 27 Patreons and then maybe help me hit 30. Give on. And, and those little dollars do all add up. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? <gasps> Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>